Today's podcast is sponsored by Creative Bug for Libraries, the easy-to-use, high-quality online arts and craft education resource used by more than 1,300 libraries worldwide. I have that expectation that the decisions and policies that are going to come out of this are going to be assessed with an equity lens, and they're going to center the voices of staff of color and patrons of color in order to have equity be practiced when creating something like this. I'm Kathleen Hughes, and you are listening to FYI, the Public Libraries podcast, a production of the Public Library Association. Today, we'll hear about a successful project to revitalize the Spanish Beginning Readers Collection at the Multnomah County Library System in Portland. The project, Bienvenidos a la Lectura, which included developing a culturally responsive collection and themed bolsitas, bags of books for patrons, was designed to better serve the needs of the Latine community. In this interview, we will discuss the project's development, implementation, and impact on the community, as well as strategies for creating culturally specific programs and services in libraries. Our guests are... I'm Wendy Medrano. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a Spanish-speaking library assistant currently pursuing my MLIS. I started working for Multnomah County as a bilingual clerk in 2011. And then in that time, I've worked in various roles throughout the system from outreach specialists, different branches. And I particularly enjoy working with children, families, and teens. And I also have a passion for working with immigrants and patrons whose native language is not English. My name is Patty Moran. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a bilingual Spanish librarian serving humans ages 0 to 100 on a bike and in the stacks since 2011. I graduated from UCLA with a Bachelor of Arts in Spanish Literature and Mexican Studies and earned my MLIS from San Jose State University. I've served Spanish-speaking Latinx and immigrant communities and libraries in Oxnard, Oakland, and Hillsborough. And currently, I'm the Spanish Community Engagement Coordinator at Multnomah County. I'm also a board member of Street Books, which is a bicycle-powered mobile library that serves people who live outside here in Portland, Oregon. My name is Tanya Belmont. I use she, her pronouns, and I have been working at MCL since 2013. I can hardly believe it. And I mostly have focused on working with the Spanish-speaking community. Currently, I am an outreach librarian, so I mostly go to schools and I do like book talks and I bring books to the classrooms and I also show students how to use the library. So I kind of help bridge students with the library. In 2018, I got my Master in Library Science from the University of Arizona. Welcome, Wendy, Patty, and Tanya. Let's get started talking about Bienvenidos a la Lectura. Welcome to Reading. Can you describe the collection and how it was developed? This is Patty. I'll jump in and give a general summary of what the project is. It's a project to group books together from the Beginning Readers Collection. And it all started in 2015 with the grant that the library got to level the English readers. And so we took this project and developed it into the Bienvenidos a la Lectura kits, which are bags that put together books in different categories. They're color-coded categories. And they're also themed books that reflect the community's interests and that are written by authors and feature characters that are Latinx or of Latinx backgrounds. What was the process like for conducting the audit and assessment of the library's Spanish Beginning Readers Collection? 
This is Wendy. Our audit and leveling process was actually done together because we would be physically handling the books. So it was more efficient to do those things together. Prior to the actual leveling and audit of those books, we put together some guidelines. We did a bunch of research to create those guidelines so that we could follow those once we had our time with the books, because it's really hard to get a bunch of people together. Once we had those guidelines in place, we chose one of our branches that has the biggest collection of those reader type books. And that's where we met and we physically went through them and made leveling decisions by flipping through them, taking a look at how they landed in within our guidelines. And then also while we were doing that, we were looking for like auditing for diversity of viewpoints, plots and characters, different language use throughout Latin America. It could be different. So um, making sure that it's accessible for our patrons that we serve, particularly in our service area and making choices between things that were translated titles and high interest, popular styles, and what was actually available to us. Once we did our assessment, we needed a more well-balanced representation of titles from authors that were from Spanish-speaking countries. There was a lot of stuff from Spain, which reflects more European values, and there are more represented authors like in Mexico, but less in different countries. And we also found it challenging to find certain books that kind of fit our criteria as we had written it out. So that was kind of like, unfortunately, a little bit more idealistic sometimes because some of those books aren't quite being published yet in that style of the reader small size that children can hold with all of those other factors like making the letters easy to read for those children, the spacing within the text and pictures, high interest, as well as being diverse and developmentally appropriate. So there's just a lot of factors that came together and we did find some gaps in that as far as what was available for us to purchase. This is Tanya. One thing that we wanted to point out is that when we did our audit and the leveling, like throughout the whole process, we worked as a team and we consulted with each other with questions. And if we were not sure about something, we would check in with each other and get just different points of view to hopefully get to a decision on the different books that we were looking at. We also found from the audit was that we did want diverse books in the collection. We specifically wanted books that reflect the Latine community and lived experience, but we also wanted more diverse books. Like we wanted characters with of different skin colors, different cultural backgrounds and different lived experiences. That's kind of what came out of the audit is that we really needed even more diverse books in our collection. Did this process include surveying the community or? Yeah, this is Patty and I can jump in on that because it's related to what Tanya was saying. At Multnomah County, we have the privilege of having a lot of bilingual staff and bicultural staff that other library systems don't. And so people on our team are from different parts of Latin America. Some of us grew up in the United States. Some of us went to school in other countries like Mexico. And so we recognize that diversity and use that to our benefit to bring that into the selection process and the assessment process. And similarly, we consulted with community members. So patrons that we were engaging with at story times or at outreach events and got their feedback. In Multnomah County, there's a significant population from indigenous communities in Latin America that do not speak Spanish. And so we had that also in mind when we were, um, as Tanya said, selecting books from different cultures and also just being aware of having a balanced collection. Hey, everyone, we hope you're enjoying the show. 
We'd just like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Creative Bug, for making this episode possible. These days, with staff shortages around the nation, librarians are tasked with wearing more hats than ever before. You shouldn't need to be an art teacher, too. Let Creative Bug take that off your plate with our online arts and crafts resources for libraries. Creative Bug is the perfect companion to your library's makerspace or in-library creative programming with over 1,000 crafting video tutorials. We have classes for everything from crochet to cricut and sewing to painting. Taught by our knowledgeable instructors, our videos are for all skill levels. Learn more about how to bring Creative Bug to your library at cbug.tv libraries. That's cbug.tv libraries for more information on how to bring creativity to your library. So it sounds like the project started a few years ago. How did the pandemic impact your efforts? The project for us started in 2015, and we wanted to kind of reflect what was happening with the English Readers Collection. After they had leveled their collection, we kind of wanted to keep that um, transition going and reflect that in our Spanish collections. We wrote a proposal and then started this whole process. So some of what I described, like when we gathered in one of the libraries to level and audit those books, that happened before the pandemic. A lot of that was going and we were finally getting some traction on this project that we waited for so long to be able to do. And when the pandemic came around, it immediately kind of stopped us in our tracks. But over time, it just kind of showed like it amplified the urgency and the need for um, this type of project and for us to complete the project because we didn't really know what our timeline was going to be. So we had to figure out ways to move it along. It was also a challenge because this project was funded specifically by the Library Foundation. So any changes in the timeline had to be reproposed to them and approved. We also had some challenges, you know, all these great books that we are trying to find. Maybe we thought we found a really great book, but the problem was we were unable to touch them and flip through them. So we had to work off of different descriptions that were available from the publishers, maybe anything online and as much as we could get because it wasn't as easy to access this stuff. And then a lot of that supply chain stuff just kind of set us behind a little bit. Eventually, once we were getting this project going, it was an excellent opportunity for us to connect back with our community because the pandemic had kind of stopped a lot of services and pulling patrons back into the limited services we had once we were up and rolling. Having this to roll out was an excellent opportunity for us to invite patrons back in with an incentive because we also made little bags of samples kind of of the bags that we would make available for checkout. We were able to invite them with like a small gift and say, this is something that we're working on. Please come back to see us. And then we were able to give people a lot of books that were already pre-prepared at doors when they weren't able to come in and select their own. This is Patty, and I wanted to add something to the impacts of the pandemic on this project. Because of the pandemic shutdown, we weren't able to know what we were receiving sometimes, and so that affected the budget. And as Wendy said, this was an opportunity to connect with community members, to have these bags, to give patrons books that they could read and that they would have interest in reading them, but also make it practical. This is Tanya. During the pandemic, we lost a lot of patrons. The patrons didn't know that we were open for door service. Being able to work on this collection and promote it also helped us to let families and patrons know we're open, we're here, we're here to serve you. So it was a it was a good way to just let them know we're still here. Speaking of the bags, do you want to tell us a little bit more about the themed bolsitas that were part of this project? 
So we leveled the books in four different categories by an early reader up to a more advanced reader. And so those are the books that you can find individually on the shelf and they have little stickers on the side that are color coded. And so the second part of the project was to create bags that each have five of the same level. A patron could come in and grab a bag and then they would have a set of five that are leveled appropriately without having to browse. And we made specific bags that kind of had themes to them. So some were like, just try something new or others were animals, kids like me, and a, a bunch of other themes that would hopefully like attract a child. It was like kind of the opposite of browsing. So then they could choose something like, oh, I want this sports bag. And then they would just get five books that were about sports. Thank you, Wendy. This is Patty. Can I read out the categories? Sure. So the four color-coded categories that we came up with, and these were general categories. We're trying to move away from the strict leveling systems that publishers use and school districts use, but still have some way to like select appropriate level. So the first level is yellow. It's books with mostly pictures and a few words per page. Blue level is the second one, books with pictures and one to two sentences. The red readers have three to seven sentences and fewer and smaller pictures. And green readers is the top one with eight or more sentences and more few picture books. Some libraries call these transitional chapter books. For our listeners who might want to replicate your program, can you share some tips? So one suggestion that I have is to have an equity lens perspective on any project. You can take inspiration from what we did, but also every community is different and you may have different resources. As I mentioned at Multnomah County Library, we have a lot of bilingual and bicultural staff that have capacity to work on something like this, but you may not. So you can scale it down. Definitely take advantage of resources like the Feria Internacional del Libro. FIL is the book fair in Guadalajara. It happens every year. That is the best place to see books in person from different publishers from throughout Latin America. There are dozens of vendors from the United States that go there and they can partner with you to make sure that you purchase what you need for your collection. There is professional organizations like Reforma, the National Association for Services to Spanish Speakers in Latin American Communities, and they have local chapters that put on book fairs and that can help you familiarize yourself with new books that are being published. And just your local library associations to connect and network with other library organizations that have done similar work or that are developing their reader collection and are either leveling it this way or putting it into bags or kits the way that we have. The Multnomah County catalog would be a great place to look and see what titles we have and see what titles we have at different reading levels. And we also have videos that kind of explain the reading levels. It's a great resource. What Tanya pointed out is that we're kind of advocating for this as far reaching as possible. I mean, this is big picture and this is something that is part of our values and the, our passion for our work. So if anybody wants to use replicate any of the material that we're presenting or want to connect with us or, you know, use anything that's available on the public website, please feel free because ideally what we want to do is reach patrons where the need is. One other thing I wanted to point out is that you can also be a voice for advocacy for those types of materials. So the more that we are present in those and requesting those materials, the more hopefully we'll be able to get more of those collections. So we want to invite everybody to get on board to um, include these in their collections as necessary and maintain a really good connection with your patrons and make sure that you're receiving feedback from them. And so you can make adjustments that are valuable for them as things change different cultural impacts happen and we need to try to be as responsive as possible for the collection to be 
as useful and relevant. And let's get back to the collaboration aspect. What were some of the challenges your team faced during this project and how were they overcome? One of the challenges initially was that the original grant project did not include leveling the Spanish collection. So that required us to do an additional project proposal, which was more time. We tried to include that in the beginning when we start a new project or new service is to use that equity lens and see who we're leaving out of a project because that hadn't been done. We did additional projects to get this started that required getting buy-in from different departments. And that was a challenge at first because people didn't understand like the urgency of having this also in the Spanish collection. And so we leveraged support from managers that understood why this was a priority and also the patron feedback that we received of having them ask, why is this available in English, but not in Spanish? My child is bilingual and they would like to read also in Spanish. And also the parents or caregivers advocating for their students that wanted them to continue the language and the culture of their family. So we use those things to get buy-in from different departments throughout the organization. Another challenge Wendy already mentioned is coordinating such a big project, getting staff to have dedicated time to work on a project like this and all of the research that went into it, reviewing every single book and documenting everything, why decisions were made. We collaborated with each other and reached out to other organizations or other libraries to get feedback on that also. What advice would you give to librarians who want to advocate for and create proposals for culturally specific programs and services in their own libraries? It's not enough just to have staff. Um, And once you're working to do these projects, you might end up finding that it's not as straightforward as you wish it would be. So numbers sell everything. So use your population demographics in any proposals, patron feedback really hits hard. Just like Bati said, we had a lot of patrons asking why it was available in English and not in Spanish. And we had to use that feedback formally. So we invited them to fill out comment cards rather than just kind of in turn, you know, taking that in and having that discussion with them. So formalizing that process a little bit so we could use it to reflect the need, reminding your library administrators and management teams that we're funded by our patrons. So we need to make sure that our patrons who are paying for services have access to services that they can actually use. One thing that I always love to use as a strategy also is when you're writing any proposals or trying to argue argue your point, you can always use their stated priorities and other materials that they use to promote the library. So if they're promoting diversity and inclusion, these are some things that you can use to create your proposal in the language of their stated values so that you can help them be consistent with what they want to accomplish. And then when once you're finished, just collect lots of feedback from your happy patrons. Or, you know, honestly, if they're not satisfied, that's also very helpful. So collect feedback, write it up in reports and present like we got to present at a couple of conferences and just share information about successes because that will help you grow with future projects. For this project, it was important not to replicate the original project that was done for the English collection because that was just part of the dominant culture. And we know that our profession and our organization centers whiteness. And so we were trying to actively and intentionally do our own project and do something that was responsive to the needs of the community we were serving, not just simply duplicating what already existed. So that's something that I would recommend other organizations that are wanting to do something like this have that expectation that the decisions and policies that are going to come out of this are going to be a 
assess with an equity lens and they're going to center the voices of staff of color and patrons of color in order to have equity be practiced when creating something like this. Any last bits of information you want to share? For the bolsitas, we have our levels like the, the yellow, blue, red, and green, but we also have an additional bolsita color, which is purple, and that one's theme-focused. We know that Spanish-speaking Latine kids, there's a gap there in math and science. And so we wanted to provide some support in that area. Another way that we promoted the collection is we actually had like a giveaway to the families just to kind of promote the collection. I wanted to end with a quote from one of our Spanish-speaking patrons we translated to English. This really sums up the spirit behind this project. It is very important that our culture does not die especially for our new generations. They must know where their parents come from. I thank you for supporting us to continue to read with our children, end quote. And some of our patrons that have children are illiterate. And so they are learning to read alongside their children. And so that's also part of why we're so passionate and committed to seeing this project through to help patrons like that. Thank you, Wendy, Tanya, Patricia, and Stephanie. That was Wendy Medrano, Tanya Belmont, Patricia Moran, and Stephanie Oriana with the Multnomah County Library in Portland, Oregon. You've been listening to FYI, the Public Libraries podcast, a production of the Public Library Association. We hope you gained some valuable insight from this episode. Don't forget to check out all of our past episodes at www.publiclibrariesonline.org and find out more about the Public Library Association at www.pla.org. Thank you to Creative Bug for sponsoring this episode of FYI, the Public Libraries podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you.